Tonight's reading can be found on page 970. It's 970 in the Church Bible. And it's Matthew chapter 6, starting at verse 1 to 4, and then we will continue at verse 19 to 24. So Matthew 6, verse 1. Be careful not to do your acts of righteousness before men, to be seen by them, If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret, then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Verse 19. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and rust do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart is also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is in darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Let's pray as we start. Almighty God, we thank you so much for your word, and we pray now that as we we work through this passage, please help us to see wonderful things about the Lord Jesus Christ, for whose glory we pray. Amen. I'm just going to come forward a little bit. There we go. Now, I want you to picture the scene. Picture this scene. Uh, A few years ago, there was a man, 26 years old, traveling on the high-speed TGV train in France from Paris to La Rochelle. And he needed to use the, the, uh, the toilet, the kind of green button he pressed to go in. Uh, and um, what he did was he dropped his new mobile phone down the toilet pan and with lightning speed reactions, reached down into the toilet bowl in attempt to grab his mobile phone. And the man's arm was literally sucked into this suction system, and his whole arm went in all the way up to his shoulder. 
And um, after a period of time, he was kind of crying out and asking for another passenger to hear him, hear his distress, and eventually someone came to his aid. Um, and the train came to a stop. The emergency services worked uh, for quite some time. The train was delayed by two hours. Uh, they had to cut through the pipes to set this man free. A fire spokesman said he was cut free from the toilet on the platform, and apart from suffering bruising and smelling a bit, he suffered no lasting injuries. Now just imagine this scene for a moment. The toilet bowl is still attached to this guy's arm, and his hand is still clinging onto his mobile phone. It's a crazy story, but it really highlights the point of tonight's talk, that perhaps there may well be something now that we're holding on to too tightly that we may need to let go of. And I wonder, as we go through this passage, what that might be for each one of us here. Well, we continue our series in the Sermon on the Mount, and the big thing I want us to see is very much that point, that the ambition for the Christian is not material possessions, but actually it's God's rule in their lives. It's relationship with God. Now, the first half of Matthew chapter 6, uh, really this is describing the Christian's private life, what's to be done in the secret place. And there is expectations for Christians. Firstly, verse 2, uh, we're to give financially and sacrificially. Secondly, uh, verse 5, we're to pray. And verse 16, we're to fast. And the second half of Matthew 16 really is concerned with our, with our public life, our public business in the world. And we can't separate these two. So what we are privately, actually, is what we are publicly. The two go together. And God, he's concerned with both spheres of our lives, the public and the private. And Matthew chapter 6, particularly verses 4, verse 6, and verse 18, are a great reminder to us that on the one hand, our Heavenly Father knows what's done in secret. And the Bible says that he'll reward us. He knows our motives. He knows whether you're doing things for him or whether you're doing things now to get praise from others, to be puffed up uh, by others. And on the other hand, verse 32 tells us that God knows our needs. He knows that we need food. He knows we need money. He knows we need clothing. And he's our provider. God cares for us, and God, re God rewards those who are his people. Now, I had a little trouble at school. I had trouble in the past with exams, notably my GCSEs, uh, which my parents weren't too happy of, uh, and my driving theory test. Anyone else have trouble with the driving theory test? Oh, I did. I think I failed the exam twice. It might have been three times. And my problem was I thought the answers were obvious. And so because I thought that, I did little study. In fact, I did no study. I did, I did no revision at all for my GCSEs. I thought I'd just pass. And to my amazement and to my embarrassment of admitting that now in front of all you lot, um, I didn't. I failed. And tonight, as we look down through Matthew chapter 6, we're going to look at three exams, three tests that Jesus puts before us. And the answers are obvious. You pro as, as, as that was read out by Janet, you probably read through that and thought, yeah, I've passed when it was read out. But actually, at the heart of each exam is the question, are we really living this stuff? Are we really living it out? Well, my first exam 
comes from verses 19 to 21. It's the accountancy exam. Let me just read that again. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So Jesus is commanding us not to store up treasures here and now on earth. And it's important to outline at the start here, I think, what Jesus is not saying. He's not saying that we should have a negative view of money. He's not saying that poverty is a virtue. Why do we say that? Well, the the Bible encourages us to interpret Scripture in light of other Scriptures. And in 1 Timothy 5, 8, for your notes, Paul instructs Timothy and Christians per se to provide for their relatives, especially our immediate families. And Paul's conclusion for the one who disobeys this command actually is they're in a worse state than an unbeliever. Maybe that's a real word for somebody here tonight. God wants us to provide for our families. And God's word encourages each and every one of us to be good stewards, to be faithful stewards, to be diligent stewards with the resources and the money that God has entrusted to us. Secondly, what Jesus is not saying is, he's not banning us having possessions. Scripture never forbids us having private property. Um, For those of you who uh, like the Book of Common Prayer and the 39 Articles of the Church of England, uh, this is the kind of doctrinal formula of the Church of England, Article 38 says that riches and goods of Christians, sorry, the riches and goods of Christians are not common. In other words, it's okay to have possessions. So the Bible says it, the 39 Articles say it, brilliant, we can have possessions. Thirdly, Jesus doesn't despise savings accounts, nor does he despise having a life insurance policy. Why? Because the Bible applauds saving, and the Bible applauds us caring for our families. Proverbs 6.6 says, uh, it praises the ant for storing away food in the summer for the winter. And as we just looked at in 1 Timothy 5, the Bible encourages us to make provision for those under our care. And fourthly, the good things of this creation have been given to us by our loving creator to enjoy. They're good gifts. We're not to despise what God's given, but we're to enjoy them and we're to be thankful for what he gives. So what is Jesus saying? Well, in our accountancy exam, I wonder if you spotted it, the key word here is treasure. It's treasure. It's not money. And that, um, it says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth. And that word, uh, store up, has the same root word in Greek as treasure does. So literally, the command is this. Do not treasure for yourselves treasures. That is, don't have a selfish attitude to stockpiling stuff in the here and now for yourself. Jesus doesn't want you to have a really healthy earthly bank account at the expense of your spiritual bank account, which could be bouncing checks all over the place because of what you're really storing up yourself. My wife's granddad used to say to her, you know, Mel, you can't take it with you. You can't take it with you. The stuff we accumulate, we can't take it with us. I used to go to church with an Olympic athlete. He was huge, made me look really small. Uh, His name was Lewis. 
and he won an Olympic gold in 2000 uh, for rowing. And he said this. He said, having spent four years training and preparing for my first Olympic Games, I experienced a huge surge of elation having won a gold medal, which had been the sole focus of my life for an entire four-year period. Four years training for a gold medal. He said, once the the euphoria had calmed down, the elation, it was only a temporary high, not the long-term satisfaction that I hoped for. He went on to say, whilst being an Olympian was a great experience, it was temporary. It was a short-term, short-term thing, nothing permanent. The elation was short-lived. He said, I want to address some of the big questions in life. Look into the long-term. Is there a God? Who is Jesus? And having become a Christian, he says now, that long-term goal, that's been reached. Now, the short-term, now in the short-term, I know I can live my life now with eternal consequences. See, the stuff we accumulate, gold medals, if you've ever won one, I certainly haven't, cars, finances, houses, they're temporary highs. They don't last. Mel's granddad says, you can't take it with you, but Jesus adds, actually, you can send it ahead of you. There are some things in life that are decent investments. They're lasting investments. It's amazing. So why does Jesus command us not to treasure for ourselves treasure on earth? Well, because treasures now, actually, they're transient. They're vulnerable, and they're unstable. Moths can destroy them. Rust sets in. Thieves are going to want to break in and steal. Do you get what Jesus is saying, verse 19? Look, nothing is safe. Nothing is safe. If moth and vermin don't destroy you,